When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 44. My name's Turner Sparks. Oh, man. My name is Derek Coleman Kaplan. Wake up, Kaplan. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking 44. It's the most important number of my life as a Syracuse fan. So We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> you can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap, K-A-P, Cap in America. Yeah, I got more followers, by the way. next week. Last week, we put out the call. We said, get, get bring me some followers. It worked? I'm up to like 214, baby. Hey, baby. 214. three listeners a week, and we just keep doing this forever, and yeah. one day I'll have as many listeners as One day you'll get to 300. Tokyo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On the podcast today, we have the great Paul Ogata. Paul is one of my favorite comedians on planet Earth. Oh, this planet. I can't speak for other planets. Yes. No, don't do that. If we're narrowing it down to Earth, mm-hmm. he's he's one of the best. Paul, I met years ago um, doing comedy in China. We brought him up to Shanghai. Paul tours. We're going to get into it, but he tours around. Uh, he's had this niche he's found of touring, headlining around Asia. He's an American comedian. Somehow made his way out to Asia. Became like the, he's like the Jim Gaffigan of Asia. That's how I do him. He's not on TV. You're not gonna find him. That's he's, what's great. We were just we're bringing him to you. We're bringing yeah. him to you. He's not mainstream, but he's the best. And, and he does. He tirelessly headlines clubs all over the place. He's always out there doing it and killing it. And now, well, speaking of that, I just want to say you gave me just made me a billion dollar idea. Wait, uh, can uh, I finish <laughs> his plug? Oh, okay, sorry. He's now about to release. The first ever half-hour special on Comedy Central Asia. Ooh. So that's why he's on the pod. Comedy Central Asia. That covers all of Asia, right? All of Asia. We got Thailand, Vietnam, It's a relatively new network, Indonesia. I believe. They just started doing live comedy, and they're like, Paul, got it. we want you first. Because he's the biggest one out there. He's the biggest How comedian. How are you not the first one out? Why are you not get a comedy special there? Because they're racist. <laughs> no, I don't know. Because uh, back here now. Right. Okay, what do you well, got, Billion Dollars? No, I was just thinking, you're telling me we're talking about the biggest comedians on Earth and everything. And I'm saying, you know, intergalactic travel is about to happen, right? 
I'm in. Richard yes. Branson's gonna send. They're gonna send people. Uh, to Elon Musk gonna send people to Mars. Yeah, you've got to get in on the like. You know, people do cruise ships. Ground. You got to get in the ground floor for stand up comedy on those things. On the space shuttle. <laughs> on the space shuttle, you dominate. <laughs> you, they can't go anywhere. You're right. You, you a captive audience. You're a captive audience. You can try out all sorts of material. You can really work things out. Oh, I could bring back like an old Michael Jordan Duncan because there's no gravity, right? <laughs> yeah, you can do all sorts of prop comedy. Yeah, you can just do there different we bits. Go. You can. I, I'm telling you, get in now. Start working on your act, tailoring it to the Mars crowd. All right. Well, that's that is a billion dollar yeah. idea. I know you're a little occupied working on something. Plus, over there. you know those people have good money because they're traveling intergalactically. Yeah. So, and they must not have great sense of humor. Like they don't have like they're looking for comedy because they're, they're leaving Earth. For comedy. They're clearly not satisfied with what they're getting. So uh, there's no cable television up yeah, there. Nothing. So, but I, what? Okay, but here's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You already sent this in, right? This is our family, tr- our DNA test. Yes. We've been promising the fans we're gonna find out what what kind of people we are. Big DNA test. I did the swab last night, right. but I haven't sent it in yet because I can't figure this thing I had out. To explain it to you. Between the two of us, it took us weeks to do this because neither of us could figure out. Like we couldn't read the instructions. It, Basically, it gives you a Q-tip. And then you swab one side of your cheek for 60 seconds yeah. and then put that in the little vial. And then another Q-tip, you swab the other side of your cheek and then put that in the vial and then you mail it off. And, and we got both got lost right, somewhere Well, the vials the come sealed and I went to open mine up and like it's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I somehow like was so careful that I just knocked the vial over. Oh, and, really? And it, like, I, I caught it, I think. Uh, but I don't know. My dog might have licked it, so if I come back part wolf... Or dust, or just like whatever's on the kitchen table. Yeah, so. And then, did you didn't even did you sign this release form? What this the hell green, is that thing? It's a green oh, release shit. form. It says optional, but it's I Turner's products give permission to the family tree DNA shout out. <laughs> shout out. But then that. here's the I have official couple, DNA of our pod. <laughs> yeah, but I have a couple problems with this. First one is it says this person submitting the DNA uh, is, and then you have to check one box: male or female. Right. I don't like it. Oh, you're come on. This is 2017. I want a general new, yeah, but you should file a suit if he comes back and says you're a man. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is you have to say uh, your parents are of what descent, and you have to give them, what are we, uh, this is cheating. Right, they got to tell me, that's why I'm coming to you. (laughs) I know. And it really rubs, like, that's a trigger if somebody's using the DNA test because they don't know who their parents are. That's now, triggered. Now you're triggering them by telling, like, rubbing I, I it just in. scanned it, but I have not seen a trigger warning in here. So that's multiple losses. Blue shirt. <laughs> getting angry. We got to get bring shirt. this to a college campus. All right. Um, anyway, we're sending this. I'm sending yeah, this off it, now. It literally took, like, I, I just didn't understand it. I couldn't even bother to read it. I lost <laughs> Me it. I gave you. I took a picture of your instructions because I lost mine. <laughs> and I, I mean, but. Hopefully we, we get this back because the whole plan is to release this for episode 50. Right. As of now, we've made some money from Amazon for this. We made, like, three. Oh, we got 4% back or something. Well, that's so. a good point amazon you guys are doing a great job yeah. thank you very much thanks to a genuine sincere thank you to everybody because we have tons tons of money coming in from amazon Cha-ching. 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 people i'm not kidding people are spending thousands of dollars in total our listeners through the, what you're doing is you're going to lostinamericapod.com if you're going to go shop on amazon anyway first you go to lostinamericapod.com click on our amazon banner in the top right hand corner That'll send you to Amazon. Then do your regular shopping, and a percentage—it's like five percent, something like that—five to eight percent, whatever. Oh. Pin point we buy of what you buy comes back to us. And f- advertisers out there, if you're listening, we have a very our audience clearly has money. They clearly do thousands of dollars. In the, yeah, they're killing it, and we tell them to spend it, and they spend it. It's working. We're like Alex Jones over here. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we're like Alex Jones. We tell you, you to, we tell you to buy stuff, you buy it. Yeah. Well, now we needed some supplements and all that. But so let's get some other advertisers. That's what I'm I, saying. Advertisers. Well, I think that our listeners are big travelers. Yeah. So we should get some travel companies. Uh, yeah. If you're listening, any travel. Companies if you own a there. condo somewhere around the world. Yeah. We are. We got a global audience. Baby. Global audience. So just you know, we'll, we'll see. Come. We have a booking. We have a an advertising firm or agent or someone. Someone if I call? find that we have some poor listener who doesn't travel, you're out. Yeah. We only take we're high gonna, end. We're going to put something into the software. They can't subscribe. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's get to Lost in America. Let's do it. Cap, you're lost in America this week. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I had two things happen to me yesterday, and I'm 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 looking for some parenting guidance, and I'm coming to you for some reason. Perfect, because <laughs> coming in cold. I got a right. niece and nephew, so I feel like I yeah. see them once a month. You know. I can figure it out. So you know, yesterday we're at the playground, and Teddy uh, Ruby had to go to a birthday party, so Teddy's left to play with his girl. Then when we leave, he says to me, because um, the girl hit him, and he didn't hear her back, and I was like, that was good that you didn't hit her. I'm, I'm proud of you, Teddy. And he's like, yeah, she hit me. She wasn't nice. And I said, yeah, it's good you didn't hit her. You should never hit girls. Yeah. And he said, I should hit boys then, right? It's okay if I hit boys. So my question, oh, so that's part A. And then part B is last night, I'm reading him a story about space, one of his bedtime stories. Okay. And he says to me, I think I might be an astronaut because I'm a boy. I was like, well, that's not a, you should be an astronaut, but that's not really a reason. Yeah. He's like, well, girls can't be astronauts. Mommies, mommies would never be an astronaut. They wouldn't do it. I'm like, well, uh, I think there's been mommies. Sally before. Ride was an astronaut, wasn't yeah. she? She might have exploded. I did, <laughs> did she blow I, up? I thought my first thought was there was a teacher that I was like, oh wait, let's not go down the that Challenger, road. The, the lady challenger. who drove the Challenger. I mean, you there can, has to have been other ones, right? There are I women astronauts, up, but they all, they all, they all <laughs> turn right on red and crash into Venus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, he's like. He's like, no, I think that a girl who's an astronaut is not normal. So I was like, so I didn't want to go into a whole lecture. Uh, like, what's normal? <laughs> so I went on the internet. I was like trying to find some parenting guides, and I stumbled upon this article, and it's called How to Raise a Feminist Son. Okay. Now, this seems a little strong, so I was trying to... A feminist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, trying, I don't, I'm not trying to raise a feminist son. I'm trying to raise a normal son. So Exactly. You know, like, uh, not... And this is a safe space. You're still allowed to say normal in the <laughs> yeah. confines of this podcast. Well, yeah, it just means someone without getting attacked. Who, who likes everybody? Who's not mean to anybody? That's my. So okay, so first of all, I think number one is every kid needs to learn at an early age how to take a punch from a woman, because you're definitely not allowed to hit women back. Right. So you need to be. You need a, You can't have a glass jaw. Wait, because your reaction, if it hurts, you're gonna punch back. Yeah, but you need to just know how to take it, <laughs> and just not go down. Right, that's that's very good advice. So that's you. step one. But then what happened next? What did he do next? Oh, last night. Well, then the astronaut. Oh, uh, the astronaut. The, the whole his questions about space and this is you know careers in general. Like I don't know how to answer these questions. Here's the problem with uh, uh, raising any guy. No, there's been like three or four r recent stories in the comedy world in New York of guys. Sexually harassing women, or a couple rape accusations. I don't think anyone's like gone to prison for it, but accusations. All, right. All of these guys are like super feminist dudes. 
<laughs> like, so what I'm saying is, if you're if you're doing that, if you're gonna raise a feminist, you're on. So you're saying by if I teach him that women can't be astronauts, it's a better chance he won't be a rapist. Yes. <laughs> like, what's that Shakespeare line? The protest too much or whatever it yes. is. That's what I'm saying. All just, right. You know, because this 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 article, I'm looking at it. I'm just trying to find things I can use that are realistic. Yes. So here's a couple, and you tell me what you think. Well, One, there are good values. Right. So what do you got? Well, it says let him cry. That you shouldn't. You should never say. Like, don't cry, you're a boy. You should let him cry. You well, that's curse. a way to get punched by boys and girls if you let him cry. But. Right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is real <laughs> world advice, right? And because it, it, uh, this, I feel like this goes hand in hand. It says never use girls in insult. And I bring this up because once my son was crying and crying, and my wife, I heard her yell at him, you're crying like a girl. And first I got excited because I was like, I got one over her because like now she's being completely inappropriate. I know you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that, but she's So you it. save that one for later when you need it. Yeah, but then I start thinking, like, people don't understand, like, if he, this person must not have kids. Because, like, my whole theme on this, I bring it up a lot on the podcast, is it's paintings like coaching. Yeah. You know, you got to each, you got to know how to push the buttons. Every player is different. <laughs> you got to know when to call a timeout, when to let them play on. So I, if it's, if calling him a girl, or saying never like if that if that motivates him like if that's like an insult. Yeah, if that works, if that thing's gonna stop crying, you got to be able to use that. If Bobby Knight at University of Indiana <laughs> never called his players girls, he never would have won championships. Uh, and he beat Syracuse, so then I'm furious. See, <laughs> all right, let's get to Ents. Ents is an app. You can get it in the App Store. It's uh, it's up to five minute um, voice five minute recordings. I always say voice recordings. five minute recordings of whatever you want, right, Cap? Yeah. And what we're gonna be doing? You can do audio. You can do music. You can do uh, poetry. You can record. We said waiters. Waiters can record the orders. They don't have to write them down. Get it in the App Store. E N S E. We're gonna be inting an extra news story at the end of this pod. Starting so this week, we're gonna promise you, fans, every week, extra news story. We did, we tried to do it before. Guess what? We lied. We, we couldn't lazy. handle it. <laughs> we couldn't handle the pressure. Now we're doing it. We've got a team of people writing material for us. Every we single week, get in. Follow us at Law, at Lost in America, and you can get it. All right. Should we get to our guests? Yes. Bring them in. Come on in, Paul. <laughs> Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Welcome to New York. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, like Alicia Keys said, concrete jungle, wet dreams tomato. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're doing I our show tonight. Songs. Yes, at the Lantern in at, the Village. Yeah, come on out. 167 Bleecker Street. Cap's going to be there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm already there. We just say that all the time. Cap yeah, will be there. I, I and like are to, you I always the there? No. Usually I forget or I he show He showed up late, late and they, they didn't in. let him in. I don't know who I am. What? And we're like from the Lost in America podcast. You don't know Mike Kaplan. This is the New York Comic Club. They yeah. didn't let him in. Yeah, we were, tell him okay. you're the other Mike Kaplan. It, that's that was a whole thing about that. And I should have pretended to be that guy. But or you just say yeah. you're a comedian. You can get into any club in New York. That's a little hack for our listeners. You literally just walk in. You go, oh, I'm a comic, and they go, all right, yeah, and you just go stand in the back. Nice. That's the hardest thing to come. Anything outside, I don't think you can do that at the comedy cellar, but like everywhere else. That's what I do at Gentleman's Club. I'm, like, I'm a stripper, and they let me in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to New York. So uh, where, when was the last time you were in Asia? Uh, I just got back. I was there in Malaysia eh, like maybe like four weeks ago. You always just got back. It yeah, seems it, it like. does seem like that. I'm, I, I'm always there, and that, so then hence I'm always just back. Yeah, because when, okay, when I was living in China, Cap, he, I, you were all, it seemed like always you were like, oh, I'm going to be in Japan, like two, on your Facebook, you know, or wherever. 
your website, Japan next week, and then every basically every country around. You've been to Pakistan, right? Yeah, did, did you do the that? first uh, shows there. Was that with Matt Davis? Matt Davis and Dwayne Perkins. Okay, Were you yeah. at that party that Matt Davis told us about. Yeah, the, like, Matt crazy Davis. house party. That- yeah, it was like a Miami Vice drug dealer's house. <laughs> Not even a house, a compound. Right. This guy had many houses, walled in, uh, security guards with uh, machine guns outside. And uh, you go in there, and the, they gave you free sunglasses, and you get to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> was there, like, coke on the table, or they don't they don't know they're supposed to do that in that kind of house? Yeah, well, it was Pakistan, so yeah. it was heroin. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. So you got into Asia through, is it through, you met Jamie Gong in New York? Yeah, well, Jamie Gong uh, ran shows here in New York under the Takeout Comedy banner. He decided to organize a nationwide Asian-American stand-up comedy competition. That's how I met him. Jamie Gong um, Kaplan is the founder of the Takeout Comedy Club, which was the first comedy club in Asia, from what I can tell, right? First full-time club. First full-time club, like an actual, like what you think of here in America as like a comedy club. Where in Asia were they? In Hong Kong. Hong Kong, okay. Yeah. But he was living in New York when you met him? Is that Before he went to Hong Kong? Yeah, I guess uh, that's where his mom is from, from Hong Kong. So he'd always been going back and forth there. Uh, but he uh, had shows running here in New York City after 9-11. Uh, that's what he's, his plan was, was to bring comedy back to that part of New York City and sort of revitalize the nightlife. Like the Chinatown area. Yeah. Right? And I guess it worked. Uh, I, I don't know. It, America's back again. Hey, right? he did it. Credit. <laughs> well, so you the met Tribeca him. Film Festival takes credit for that. But what's that? The Tribeca Film Festival always tries to take credit for that every year. But oh no, it's I'm, not I'm, you guys. Yeah, screw them. Yeah, it's Jamie Gong. <laughs> Jamie Gong. Yeah, De Niro. Yeah, take that. So, so okay. Then fast forward a couple years. Jamie moves out to Hong Kong. Opens this. I don't know if it's a couple years, but he moves there. He opens a club. And he needs headliners from America, right? Yeah. Well, actually, his first attempt at taking comedy out to Asia is he brought a bunch of the finalists and me out to do shows in Singapore and Hong Kong uh, before he even opened a club there. And that was, uh, we, we had a great time, did shows, uh, some sold-out shows in Singapore and, and Hong Kong. It was wonderful. And th- I think the first time he brought six of us out there, which is a lot of people to fly out. That's a lot. Of, that's a big investment. Yeah. And so the next time he did it, there were four of us he brought out. Yeah. And then the next time there were three of us, and then two of us, and then he just kept bringing me back. It just so got it, down to Paul. So was it a contest this whole time you didn't even know about? Or? Yeah. <laughs> just, just I might seeing, still be in he competition. He was measuring the laughs that each person got and just... Who yeah. knows, man? No, it's a, a, it was a fun thing and to try and carve out a scene where there was no scene before. Yeah, his goal was to establish a local comedy scene in, yeah. in Hong Kong. This so, was his response to 9-11. Wait. This is all based off 9-11. Yeah, okay. it's global. It's global. <laughs> yeah. So then what happened, the reason why he brought less people is because he got local openers to open for you, right? Yeah. He actually taught classes there to teach the local Hong Kong people how to do comedy so that they could have a scene. And uh, then they started to open for me. And then I guess Jamie decided, oh, I could save on air for her and not bring those people in. And then that's how I started doing hours uh, on stage. Not to- Oh, you were what yeah. were you doing before that? Well, you know, if you're a headliner, then you're generally at a club, you're doing 45 in... Uh, in America. Yeah, in yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was the first time I'd been doing hours, was in Hong Kong. And now around Asia, everyone does hours. Yeah, it's weird. He kind of set that pattern. Pretty much just because you, whatever deal you guys worked out, <laughs> you and him were like, well, well, I guess I'll do an hour. Yeah, I, yeah. by default, I'm the Norma Ray, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you ended up coming back, and now how many times have you... Done Jamie's club. Oh, I don't know. I can't. I can't even count. A uh, hundred uh, 
50 shows, let's say. That's insane. Over 10 years. Over 10 years, yeah. Do you do now do more comedy in Asia than you do in the United States? I would say it's I would say it's about 50-50. Okay. But steadily increasing uh in favor of Asia. Yeah, and where where have you gone around Asia? Can you if you name it? Well, uh Singapore, Hong Kong, uh Indonesia. I'm going back to Indonesia uh in November. Shut uh, up. The Philippines. Um and within Indonesia and uh, Jakarta and Bali. Uh, and uh, there was a the island of Borneo, which is the third largest island in the world. Wow, is half Malaysian, half Indonesian. I've done shows on both sides of that. Nice. I know for sure you've done um, Bur- Myanmar. Yes, because I was there. I think the month after or something. And you see, then you you've also get, done our club you in didn't China. Get food poisoning though. Yeah, did I, you get food poisoning there? In uh, in Myanmar, we. I was I safe. Did. I was okay until the very end. We're at the airport. And me and Jamie Gong are sitting there at the gates, and there's a water cooler, and they say only drink bottled water. So this is just basically a giant bottle of water. I thought, that's got to be safe. So Jamie poured us a couple of cups out of that thing. Oh. We drank it. By the time the plane had landed in Hong Kong, uh, yeah, we were both uh, scrambling to find a toilet. It was, really? Yeah. That's what it was. We brushed our teeth. I went with Drew Freilich, and we both were idiots. We brushed our teeth with, like, the local tap. What's wrong with you? He thinks he's so well-traveled. You can't do that. I brush my teeth with bottled water. I drink bottled water. I don't even take a shit unless I put bottled water in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bad idea. And so, was it, were you, would you ever think, like, um... Because you basically, you were the first people to play most of these countries, right? Or the I, first person. I'm, I feel like the, uh, the Ebola monkey, the, the guinea pig, a yes. lot of times. People they bring say, Paul out first to be like, will this work? Right. And then Paul kills, and they're like, I guess it will. And then everyone else comes through. Right? <laughs> well, or not. I mean, the, the Indonesian Borneo show, I was the first one there and the last one there. Oh, so, really? There's <laughs> never been comedy again. <laughs> so, Philippines. Go to the opera now. Japan, Japan, Tokyo in Japan, uh, Guam, I guess if you can count that, it's more Pacific. But uh, uh, where, jeez, oh, where else? I don't. Uh, all over China, uh, Pakistan, of course, Afghanistan, Does Kyrgyzstan. Thai- Does Thailand have a comedy scene? Yes, I did shows there. Oh, uh, oh yeah, in Bangkok and in uh, oh, where's that sad place? Oh, Pat Pat Patong Pattaya Pattaya. Thailand is it's a beautiful country. There are nice beaches. You've seen the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Sure, I've beach. been to Thailand. Yes, exactly. It's, great. Like it's beautiful. But there's a sad part of it called Pattaya, and that's their sex town where there's... Yeah. It's it was, a for the sad sex town. It was a horrible... <laughs> sad sex town. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was horrible. <laughs> but we're driving through on a tour, and the van driver says, okay, if you look to the left of the van, you'll see all these uh, clubs where guys go and pick up hookers. If you look up to the right of the van, there's a beach, and there's also hookers on the beach. Oh. And we say, what's the difference? She said, he said, the girls on the beach all have AIDS. <laughs> and they can't get in because they do medical tests oh, in the know. clubs. Full blown. Yeah, well, they I, do a DNA test. No. I see what you're doing. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I guess, yeah, and they do tests. And you, you can uh, yeah. go with a reasonable amount of safety to the clubs. Right. But uh, the girls on the beach have AIDS. I'm and, surprised they still let them on the beach. Yeah, well, well the here's beach. the sad part. Anything goes on that beach. And I think I know why they let them on the beaches, because there were still throngs of guys trying to talk to the, the girls on the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And where do they, uh, do they fornicate on the beach there? Are they little shacks? Or what are they? 
I, I don't. I didn't. The van wasn't moving that slowly. To anyone who's can I get off here? Any one of our listeners who think you know you might have a drug or an alcohol problem, you think you've hit rock bottom. Good news, you have not. When you go, when you're willingly going to a prostitute on the beach, who's got AIDS? Who you know has AIDS? You're taking a little Russian roulette. (laughs) But it's probably a good deal. I'm sure it's cheaper. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's a good thing that they're doing that because what if you're a guy who has AIDS and you want you oh. still want to go and visit a prostitute? Yes. Well, here's your chance, right? Without infecting someone else who doesn't have it, you go to someone who has it. There you go. It's like a match, like a Tinder for... It's a Tinder for AIDS. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's, it's an old-fashioned yeah, pl- match. plenty of T-cells. I don't know what it's exactly. called. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, this, I don't need that travel advice, but it's good to know for other people. So then did you ever put out... Because to me, what I find fascinating and really impressive about what you do is that it's live, seemingly live stand-up comedy. You built an audience based off of just touring, touring, touring live comedy around Asia. Your Asian audience is the one I know. Right. right. Um, without, up until recently, without TV, without, I don't know if you're putting out albums. No, I recorded one CD in Hong Kong. This was a few years ago. and, and put, It's on iTunes. You can find it. Paul Ogata stands up live in Hong Kong. There we go. Uh, I don't have the, the link. Click click on this sound. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's out there, and uh, I guess, I, I don't know how that, how much that's helped build an audience for me, but... But it's essentially, like, so whenever we would bring you up to Shanghai, we had a decent amount of audience who already knew who you were because they had previously lived somewhere else around Asia and seen you when you went there. And so they would always say, when we, we said we had Paul Ogata coming, they were like, oh, I used to live in, like, pick your city, Bangkok or wherever, you know, Manila, and I saw him there, and now he's here, which didn't happen with pretty much anyone else we brought out. Either they knew them because they were on some show in America, a couple people might know that, or they just didn't know him at all. What's interesting is the last time I was there in Shanghai, uh, a few months ago, there was a, a couple that had come to the shows, and then followed me over to Hong Kong and saw me there the week after. Really? Yeah, that was crazy. It's just it's such an old school way of building an audience that I find awesome. Like, it seems like what... I don't know what I would compare it to, except for, like, maybe in the 80s in the U.S., that would have been the way to do it, or the 70s? I guess, something? like, the Grateful Dead. That's all yeah, they like did. Bands, was, that's the it's way like to bands do it. pre-internet and everything. Like yeah, that. like Fish, the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a girl I met in Hong Kong this last time who's come to see me ten times, and uh, she's even named her cat after me. Wow. <laughs> there you go. That is very... You need people... Do they trade cassette tapes of your shows? <laughs> like deadheads. You need like to name your like Dead traveling heads. fan base. All right, and, so what do we, what do we got then? Uh, uh, Paul's people. Paul's Paul's people. Oh, that's, the that Oga- sounds like a support group, <laughs> that, or like a, a religion. Or something. <laughs> How about Ogatabots? Ogatabots is a good one. Better. Yeah. Do you recognize? Will you see like the same people and be like, "Oh, I better mix it up tonight." Like Shirley's back in the audience. Oh, Definitely, especially in somewhere like Hong Kong, where I've been there time and time again. People come back time and time again, and I you see go them. twice a year to Hong Kong, right? Twice a year, yeah. Sometimes and, more. And so, have you enjoyed this, like? Pioneer of age. You know, did you plan? Like, was this? Had you lived abroad before this, or whatever? Or? No, born in Hawaii, lived my whole life there till I moved to California about 10, 11 years ago. Uh, but I did say I wanted to travel the world and do like, comedy. Was sort of a plan you had before. Yeah, it wasn't a, really a plan. It was right. more of a loose wish. Right. And uh, and then it, came, it true. came true. Yeah. Now I wish. Now I wish for other things. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and at what point did you realize, like, oh, this is what this is what my this is what it's becoming. This is what my life, my career. Is this like pioneer, like 
take, you know what I mean? I I'm think Asian. probably as the words left your mouth right now, mm. I realized my fate, Turner. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, have you thought about this along the way or is it just Yeah, I have. Uh, I really, you know, we all want uh, the American fame because that's, uh, you know, even Russell Peters up in, he had huge fame in Canada, worldwide. Sure. Right? He sells out arenas in, uh, in London, in Malaysia, wherever he goes. Yeah. He sells out. But he still wants that American fame. Yes, but also there's fancy. Most comedians in America can't pay the rent. True. <laughs> Even good ones. Yeah. You know, there's just not that amount of work here, and so many Did your people check bounce again. What's that? Has your check bounced? Yeah, again yeah, yeah. You're looking at one, <laughs> and so and there's so many comedians here. They probably ask you the same thing, like, "How do I get abroad? How do I would love to work over there? How do I do that? How do I do that?" But like you, you just did it. Yeah. Well, my whole. Life in comedy has sort of just fallen into place in a certain way. And I really had very little to do with it other than showing up and trying to be funny. Uh, for example, the Laugh Factory opened a club in Waikiki. That's how I got my foot in into the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Because the owner, Jamie Masada, came... What's with all these club owners named Jamie? They're also? all named Jamie. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want your kid to be a club owner, name Jamie. Is that's saying. it. Yeah, if you want them to get in the comedy club owning business. <laughs> that's, yeah. Some people have a very specific taste for their kids, their goals. <laughs> yeah. One of the guys who owns the Punchline in Atlanta, his name is Jamie. Jamie really? Bendall. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird thing. I feel like this is one of the pieces of evidence that we are all in a computer simulation. That they're all, uh, probably true. <laughs> <laughs> probably true. They're very specific. So then, so this guy found, so Jamie Masada opened this club down the street from you, and then Jamie Gong, you say he found you, but you also came to New York. True. Yeah, well, Jamie Masada also had a club here. Uh, so uh, Jamie Masada found me in Hawaii working at his club, and he, he decided he wanted to help me. He got me on late night TV. He got me a spot in a, a Damien Wayne's movie. He gave me spots at his club in Hollywood and, and New York when he had it here whenever I wanted. It was wonderful. He was very helpful. And then um, Jamie Gong, just who's this big force of personality, came just kind of brought you into the Asia scene. I mean, you were yeah. The both of us went there. Just kept booking, book like just go back, go back, go back, go back. Which totally, I mean, proved to be to work to be great. Yeah. Well, you know, now that I think of it, of course it's Jamie Gong that did everything there. He built the club. He built the scene. He taught people how to do comedy out there. But part of me is like, hey, you know what? I built that house, too. Oh, 100%. No, what I was about to say is that also, anytime you came and did our club in China, you, had, you were good every single time, and everyone wanted you back, which... Obviously, it doesn't happen for everyone all the time. You know what I mean? Ooh, so. all right. Now you got to name names. <laughs> now, now you gotta tell I'm not naming names. With it. No. <laughs> now you got to tell us who didn't go over. Well. I mean, that's not that's not like an outlandish statement that not everyone's going to kill every single time. Yeah, you're not going to. No one hits a home run every time at the plate, right? It's uh, it's one of those things. So then, eventually, you with Comedy Central decided to open in Singapore, right? A couple years ago, right? And then eventually, I don't even know when. Maybe last year they started doing like this, almost like a live at Caroline's or whatever those old shows were, right? Right, where they had multiple comedians per episode. And that was their first season. Of like doing like seven minute sets oh. all in a stand, like a studio, I'm assuming. I think they shot it at uh, Rizal Kamal's LOL Club. Oh, they did it there. But uh, then on their second season, they decided to give people, uh, they'd still do a bunch of those episodes with multiple comedians, but then they'd do a few with uh, guys just doing the whole episode, basically a half hour. Yeah, it was me, Papa CJ from India, uh, Imran Yusuf from London, and uh, Elliot Chang. 
And you just recorded that? Yeah, just shot it uh, in Kuala Lumpur at the uh, HGH uh, Center in, in KL, or the, the HGH Center. HGH, how was it? It's uh, like any TV or Hollywood-type movie thing. It's always uh, damaging to one's soul. Uh, in what way? Well, the, the makeup, they hire a makeup team, and the, oh. they, they're there doing my stuff. And then one girl takes out a pencil, starts coming to my face with it. I said, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to draw eyebrows on you. And no, I said, well, really? you most certainly will not draw eyebrows what? on me. I may not, look, I may not have uh, the biggest, bushiest eyebrows, but uh, I, I don't want them. Yeah, you like your eyebrows. Well, also, yeah, who's judging comedy? Like, that guy was funny, but it, uh, I didn't like his eyebrows. Right. Yeah, well, unless they're like painted on eyebrows, then that might distract you from the show. But if it's just normal human eyebrows, yeah. you don't I mean, think Louis, about it. Louis got great eyebrows. That's been the key. Louis C.K.? Yeah. Oh, oh is that Louis, what it is? Maybe that's, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, you don't even know. It's subconscious. But I, uh, now I'm self-conscious about my eyebrows. Now I'm thinking maybe I don't... Maybe I, I don't think a, you... Yeah. Is there a merkin I can get well, to slap over my eyebrows? The other thing about being the first one to do this is that that lady, she'd probably never done it before. It's not like they pump out 12 of these a year and uh. she's... She's the one who's great at right. She's not putting makeup on comedians. True, right? I guess. But that, or is that a woman thing? Where women like to shave off the eyebrows and then draw it back in in a different uh, or in the way they want it. Could be, <laughs> but they yeah. should know how to put makeup on a guy. Yeah, I think they should have brought some actual uh, people from Hollywood to do the makeup or someone who's done TV makeup before. So they probably just got local. Whoever does local TV in Malaysia. Yeah. And what local Malaysian TV might be, I big mean, eyebrows might, big eyebrows is, <laughs> might yeah, be the thing. It's all the rage. It's all whatever the local, like what's... The local uh, Al Roker. The trend. Of, uh, right. I mean, yeah. you remember Pai Mei from Kill Bill, where he had the big yeah, eyebrows exactly. that hung down. Yeah. Maybe that's a thing in Asia. Maybe the that's thing it. Is maybe you want to make them really big, because I would, uh, you know, if you're a comic, you want to make yourself you make yourself look ridiculous. It's easier to have some material to fall back on and, rip, <laughs> and make fun of yourself. Yeah, but then you have to all of a sudden become the, the crazy painted on eyebrow guy. That's like your shtick. Well, maybe that's sorely lacking. In entertainment right now, <laughs> it is a niche it's a that no niche one's market filled. that hasn't been filled. Turner yeah. ideas. Okay, he, yeah, he, he just didn't take it, so go for it. I can move that way. What's her name? Well, when I get out, if I go to back to Malaysia, I'll tell her to hook yeah, me request up. Request that. Put that in your deal. The writer. <laughs> I'm only doing the show if I get her as my makeup artist. Yeah. Okay, so you, you said no to the eyebrows. Yeah, uh, and then it was. It's all downhill. Now. When I did the Comedy Central thing here in New York, what they did is uh, you had to submit a transcript of your act. Uh, oh. Word for word, what you were going to say. Written out. Yeah, for the standards and practices department so that they can vet it through their legal department and see that you don't upset any sponsors or say something that you're not supposed to say. Okay. Well, here in New York, when I did that, uh, I submitted a thing. They said, okay, it's good to go. You're all good. And then I did a, a bit about uh, vaginal reconstructive surgery uh, oh. during the shoot here in New York, and okay. they, which they immediately cut out for broadcast. I'm like, well, why did you let me do that? Oh, but you had you had written that part out. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it sounded different. Uh, Maybe guess. it's like an intern checks it, and he's like, yeah, that's hilarious. And then it doesn't get to the big <laughs> boss to the until it's like already on the air. Whereas in uh, the Comedy Central Asia thing that I just did, they I did a run-through set for them at a club before the shoot, and the guy said, I feel like you're censoring yourself. And I'm like, yeah, well, because it's for TV. He goes, no, I want just... Take the chains off. There's do whatever no... you want to do. Oh, really? We'll bleep it out. We'll let, we'll run it as you do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they said the only thing we don't want you to talk about is I did a bit about uh, Lee Kuan Yew, who was Singapore's strongman dictator for a long time. Oh, that. Okay. Lee Kuan. And I did a joke about that, uh, and they said, Shut "Well, up. this is going to air in Singapore, and that's where their corporate offices are." Yeah. So they said we can't have that on. But so anything else, free reign. You can talk about how great he was. 
Yeah, probably not even that. Oh, no. <laughs> you just can't mention it. Just don't mention yeah. it. He doesn't exist. Yes. Did we run the transcript of what you were going to say today by our bosses here at Ents? I don't know. Improve <laughs> all this content? The higher-ups. Yeah. He... And so then you get, to the, you get into the actual theater, and you're doing the show. Here's another difference. They charged admission. Oh. Yeah, which you, they don't do here in America when you're shooting a, a TV thing. Yeah. In fact, they pay the, the audience. audience. The audience had to pay to see you? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And was it because it was that popular? Because it was the first time it ever happened, so everyone wanted to go? Yeah, I think so. Because it filled up anyway. Comedy is exploding out there in Asia. Was there a two-drink minu- two minimum? or did they? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think. Well, there was a bar outside. Oh, okay. So you could probably go and get drinks. But no, they paid good money to go see this. That's even better, though, because then they're excited to be there. Right, like a real audience, yeah. True. But... Uh, when you're doing a thing here in America and you're shooting a special or, or a TV thing, you're paying an audience to be there so you can do whatever you want to that audience. And they have to be in it right. for the whole period of time. You know, if you're doing this for three hours, sometimes the crowd gets tired. And maybe uh, if they didn't, if they're not getting paid, maybe they might leave, right? Maybe they're just, uh, or check out and just fall asleep in the chair. Oh, did it take, okay. But uh, I feel like maybe they shouldn't, uh, have charged admission. Maybe they should have just paid people to come. But I, like I said, through ed- the magic of editing, I hope it'll look good. How did you feel about it? Uh, as always, I hate myself and everything I do. And I, I wished I did a, a better job. At, I don't know. I think okay, you we'll wish, edit let's, that. Let's be honest. You wish you had bigger eyebrows. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, well, you're, no, no, no. Worse. Wait, to the magic of editing of this podcast... I'll ask that question again, but this is for people who you want everyone to go see it. Oh, okay. Well, then, oh. yeah. No, it was it was amazing. Yeah, best set I've ever done. It was, yeah. It was. I'm glad it was caught on. on... And what happened? Because I heard some that there were some other comedians that were, I, that they were messing it up for the rest of the show. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. Papa CJ did uh, a half hour like I did. Okay. He did it on the the next night. So. What happened is he told the MC to say this to the crowd when you bring me on. This guy gets standing ovations throughout the world. Please welcome Papa CJ. Okay. And the MC was, he told me, I, I don't really want to say that, but he told me to. I it's have a to little weird. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this I'll preface this story by saying this uh, CJ is a good guy. We hung out together in India before. Uh, he came to my show. We hung out at a, at a club. He showed me great hospitality and. Uh, he's a good guy. He's an is, Indian comedian who's uh, kind of like a headliner around Asia. Is he a father? Right. Where does this Papa come from? I don't know <laughs> why his name Papa. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just his name. Is that, oh, Papa CJ. I thought his name was CJ. Yeah, yeah Papa CJ. Well, Papa. it's his stage name. That's know? what I'm saying. Like, where's Papa this Papa? CJ? Maybe he is a father. <laughs> anyway, so what happened? Right. I don't think I, I don't think Andre Young is an actual doctor. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I'm very literal. Doctor Dre is not a doctor. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, so okay. So he told the MC to say that he goes up there. And then proceeds to do crowd work, which uh, probably not a good idea. If As you're part of his thirty-minute special, yeah, no, he actually did did his time, and then did uh, another twenty minutes after. Yeah, he he just kept going. He he jumped into the crowd. He literally jumped into the crowd. Whoa, whoa! To to do crowd work, That's and he did the crowd work to get him ready for his thirty, like. Pre his his whatever's going to be on. No, TV. he did his material first, and then he did. So he did oh, that's crowd work weird. Someone else. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was weird. And did you have to go on right after him? <laughs> no, no, he went last on the, the second night. So at by the time he jumped into the crowd, I went backstage to go hang out with the other comics because I didn't know he was going to keep going. Okay. He jumped into the crowd. Uh, 
And from what I heard, I didn't get to see this part, but uh, when he was done, he got off stage, and then the MC came out, and then from what I hear, CJ came out again and asked the audience, come on, give me a standing ovation. Wait, and he begged for a standing ovation? This is what I heard. That's my move! I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there and I didn't see it, but... Uh, That's the, the idea that this guy always gets a standing ovation. Paul, have you gotten standing ovations? I have. How, how many times... What percentage? How many times do you do comedy versus how many times? Uh, depending on the room or whatever, I, you know, maybe 10%. At best, that's pretty high. Ten, at best, I'll say. Right. Okay, comedy. even that's high. Because like I've I've watched millions of comedy shows in my life. The idea of an audience, a standing ovation at a comedy show, is not a natural thing to do. Even if the guy right, is great, people just follow what you other just, people are doing if they're going to do a standing ovation. Yeah, but, you just kind of go like, "Whoa, that's that was the best comedy show I've ever seen." But even at that, it doesn't occur to most audiences to think I should stand up. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. It's like the worst Broadway show ever gets a standing ovation. Because yes. what you do, the cast comes out, you give them, so then the, you can And they in, go bow and they You could have been in like uh, Amelie, which is a piece of crap Broadway show I saw, and you'd be like, well, I got a standing <laughs> ovation around the world. A big, because big they almost like, they, they yeah. beg for it. Yeah, but they're not, for it. A, a comedian usually just goes, thank you, that's it, good night. And maybe, I've seen it a few times where an audience goes, wow. And now, they if they really want to get the hell out of there, they're standing to go. Yeah, traffic. maybe you count that. Maybe <laughs> they're, clapping, count that. they're still clapping. They're standing. The only uh, guy, I, I remember I was, one guy, some agent sent us, Andy, Curtin, and I, a uh, clip, and he goes, my comedian's gotten a standing ovation every show he's ever done in his life. And so I'm like, wow, we got to check this out. But it's because he finishes with like a 10-minute musical bit mm-hmm. where they play a, a melody of different pop, right. top 40 pop songs, and he puts on like different costumes and dances to each song. And stand up and And clap. then does a big bow at the end. <laughs> and so, of course, that gets a standing ovation. You get that guy in here. But it's like a different thing. So then for maybe, in, I don't know, maybe in India, the whole thing's standing ovations. But that is a weird way to do it. Yeah. So from what I hear, he told the audience, can you give me a standing ovation? Which they did. And then... Uh... <laughs> yeah, when you... You ask for it. And then a photo was taken, and oh, he posted standing. that on Facebook oh. saying, oh, I got a standing ovation. Oh, oh, this guy. That's where, okay, that's where the line. Now, to his credit, probably- another comedian who was uh, shaken by this whole ordeal and, and wrote a thing about it on Facebook and complained about it. Uh, well, that post went kind of viral throughout the Asian comedy that's community. That's what I saw, I think. And then uh, CJ, to his credit, he took the picture down. So... Oh, of himself? Yeah, uh, getting the standing ovation. Well, uh, okay. This... Maybe they were just applauding his, his eyebrows. <laughs> Maybe he had great and eyebrows. And he has great eyebrows. Yeah. There's also the other side of that, which is if you're thinking, if you just come to it from, if this guy's coming from straight, like, business end, or some, maybe he's like, oh, on my Comedy Central Asia special, I want the the audience to think I got it's a It's very strategic. It's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, strategy-wise. It's a good move. Were you, Mr. Paulo Gata, I hate myself. You might never do that, right? You're like, oh, I, I hate my show. I hate, oh, that show, the set I just did wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that I might w- have just come out wrong. I didn't mean you hate yourself. <laughs> I mean, but here. you're like, oh, every set I do. It's like you found my letters and read each one out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not mean that. No, but uh, yeah, maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should be more proactive in being self-promotional, but I'm not. that's not me. So I, I can't do that. Uh, but yeah, that's a hard. Look in the mirror, say you like yourself. So then where, when it comes, has it come out yet? August 23rd is when the season premieres for the new stuff. Perfect. And are you on, what episode, do you know? I don't even know. So it might be August 23rd. Get yourself a really big Get a cape, a satellite dish, I guess. And we have listeners all, I mean, we have, yeah, listeners all over Asia. So what countries is there in, around Asia? Do we know? I believe it's primarily Southeast Asia. That's awesome. 
to me, this seems like that this half hour should help you take it even bigger around Asia. I'd love, yeah, I'd love for that to happen. I'd love for pockets of places where people don't know who I am get to finally meet me on TV and say, oh, we want to come to a show and be insulted by that guy in person. Like you were almost doing, what I was trying to get to earlier, you was almost, I'm trying to think of when was 10 years before there was comedy on TV in America. That's essentially when you started headlining over there, but in Asia. Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so what year would that even have been? Like the 50s in America? Well, well I don't know. Depends on what you want to equate it to, because I think comedy really exploded in TV in America mid-80s when they had the lo- evening at the improv, and everybody got to see it. And that's when they had yeah, Caroline's Comedy. Really, yeah. yeah. 80s stand-up was... Which yeah. is kind of like what's happening, just starting to happen now in Asia with this Comedy Central thing. Right. So take it back 10 years, and anyone who had been headlining for 10 years, and then that show came out, they're going to pop right away. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so then that's why I find your career interesting, because it's like the equivalent, but in another place. Well, sure. And, well, here's an interesting thing. They're all owned by the same company, Viacom. So Comedy Central Asia, Comedy Central America, Comedy Central Africa, Comedy Central UK. They're all owned by Viacom. So, uh... Hopefully this thing gets enough eyeballs out there in Asia that uh, we can convince Comedy Central Let's do it. America to air it here. They already bought all the rights away from me in perpetuity for all media forms discovered and as yet to be discovered. Did, they? Did you sign that? Yes, paper? I signed that oh, you draconian... Oh my uh, gosh! We only gave away our DNA. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> do you want to take a DNA test or maybe an extra one? Well, Wait, is that what, what do you mean? Is this? This, this is, is a, it. So as we were talking about earlier on the pod, but we we took we took these DNA tests on episode fifty. We're gonna release what our DNA. Kaplan sent our DNA away to some company we just heard of on the internet. All we know is Kaplan's Jewish. What, what supposedly from what we think, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't even know European English. Right. Well, you want to find out your. Do you want to find out you're more white than you think you are or less? Or I'm hoping whole, Chinese. You're hoping you're Chinese. Because <laughs> then my whole life would make sense. Yes. How would that even be possible? <laughs> you don't know. It'd give you some street cred. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah, I why th- in my I thought you might find out you're like super alt-white. Why? Uh, like, alt-white I don't think is a term, <laughs> first oh, of all. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what it street was. Street cred or lu cred, yeah. I guess. In, is that the word in China? Lu is street? Yeah, exactly. Lu cred. <laughs> okay, but... Realize the ramification of what you guys are doing. You are sending your DNA to some person you don't even know, right? To a company just because they gave you an envelope. <laughs> it's free. they pay for postage. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was cheap. It was on Amazon. We trust right. Amazon. You're sending, a, you're taking a swab of your mouth and you're putting it in there. You're giving them your DNA, your genetic, your unique genetic markers. This is gonna get cut out from the pod. Just kidding. And and then. How long does it take for the results to come back? That you've been framed for rape, Turner. We're hot. Oh, that's <laughs> Hopefully, it? He rapist, he got off scot-free. They're going to frame me for murder, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, by episode 50, we're both in prison, and we're doing... If, if we, uh, can we smuggle in our OJ, recording? If, if this happens, if OJ needs another defense, because I don't think this would have worked in his first time around, but this is what he's going to say. If he, get, if he kills anybody else now, he's out. Listen, he's going to be like, I sent my DNA away to a, to a company, family tree. And they frame me. All, my point <laughs> is, all we did is give away DNA, our DNA. You gave away everything to Comedy Central. That's true, yes. But, well, uh, with the hope of, <laughs> of returns, right? That we both did it for the same reason. Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. So, hopefully it can get it can sit around the world, um, which is great. So, you have a, a half-hour Comedy Central special. 
Yeah. Congratulations. It's, it's weird, though, because now how do I say that to people? I say uh, in the intro when they bring me on stage, oh, you can see this guy's Comedy Central half hour coming out in August. And then after the show, people come up to me, oh, when when in August? I'm like, okay, now I have to get, all right, well, here's the story. Yeah. Well, we have a friend, Andrew Goldstein, who was on the podcast yeah, uh, not so long ago. He just executive produced oh, yeah. a show a good story. for MTV International or Asia, it's everywhere for the Asia and the Europe markets, I believe. Not yeah. the United States. Not US. It ran, ran successfully. Just got picked up by MTV America. Now it's on in America. All right. Yeah, so this is exactly what we want to happen. Your goal is this. Yes, I want to Andrew Goldstein the fuck out of this. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were a kid, what it's you're saying that. is, your wish was, I want to be some have a Comedy Central half hour special. Yeah, obviously when I was a kid, there wasn't any Comedy Central, but you know, I would always watch the HBO half-hour comedy specials, the HBO comedy specials. Yes. I'd be like, that's what I want to do. And you got it. Yes, in theory. Close. Right. I don't <laughs> well, even get to see it. Incredibly <laughs> close. It's far away. It's not on the internet or anything? Are you going to have to fly over there to watch it? Maybe, well, you know, it's the age of uh, torrents and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah. I'm you sure, could get a bootleg copy. I'm sure all my KL but friends then you're there. stealing from yourself if you do that. Right. <laughs> I'd be like Christian Bell at the beginning of Batman yeah. Begins where he's opening the crate, taking his own food, and they yeah. say, do you know who that belongs to? This isn't yours. He's, but it's mine. I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> anyway, or, or maybe I don't want it to work at all. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just want to keep uh, slugging away in the clubs in the intimate setting. Right. There's nothing better. That, sure, big theaters and, and, and arenas and whatnot, that's fun to do comedy in. But it's quite a different experience for the audience and the comedian if you're in a room, let's say, of 100 people. Doing comedy, yes, it's it, there's a, there's an energy that can't be duplicate, duplicated in front of the uh, ten thousand people. As sure, as, that's a nice ego stroke, right? That's a nice ego hand job if you're doing a, an arena of ten thousand. Ego hand job is the new name of our podcast. Yeah, that's okay. by the way. <laughs> you came in here, you waved the rights. We signed. Yeah, make sure he signs that. Thing that's on. our sponsor. Ego hand job <laughs> is an app on the. No, you can find them on Amazon.com. Uh, what I'm saying is, I there's. The more I get into comedy and trying to develop my own career out here, I've found there's a, a million different ways to do it if you want to be a little creative in terms sure. of developing your career. It's not just sit around, hope for somebody to sign me and to get booked into all the funny bones or whatever. Do you know what I mean? All the Jamies of the world. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. All the Jamies. I want all the Jamies to sign me. And I've, I incredibly respect... The way you did it, it's it's just like brand new, and it's successful and it worked. You know, it's more sort of that I was trekking through the jungle with a machete, and I I found myself in a city. It's not like a, oh, there's a city there, and I'm gonna whack my way through the jungle and get to the city. Yeah, I just said, hey, let's go walk through the jungle and see what might happen. So it was not pre-planned in any way. No, I just decided that I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to have fun, and I ended up having fun doing comedy. And here I am. But any time a new country came along, you kept saying yes. Like, hey, yeah. you want to go there? Yeah. You want to go to Bali? Sure. Yeah, it's more more like, uh, it's less like somebody says, hey, do you want to go do the thing there first before anybody else? And more like somebody pushes you out of the airplane and go, hey, pull the string. <laughs> it was more like that. But still, right? It's it's fun to see everything. And who's on your Asia bucket list still who you haven't done yet? North Korea? What else? Got? I'd uh, love to. <laughs> oh, you don't even. Yeah, I'd love to go. Wouldn't you love to go do comedy? <laughs> In North Korea, I think <laughs> I think I will never go to North Korea. In Pyongyang, come on, I would get killed like immediately. Well, don't tear down any banners. Yeah, what are you doing? Be, I just behave. don't do that. I mean, but what if it's like a rival podcast banner? 
Oh, like if it's the Andrew Gold scene, sorry I've been so busy podcast band. That'd be really amazing if they had a banner hanging. (laughs) (laughs) I would take that down. As long as I do have a joke about Dennis Rodman, so I feel like they might love me there. Right. It's a pro Rodman joke. It's a pro Rodman joke. And then what if your DNA test comes back as part North Korean? Then I'm in. As long as it's not Then I'm moving there. I'm going to become the uh, the Ogata of North Korea. Specific. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the Jamie Gong yeah, of North you gotta Korea. you got to follow his... I mean, he was able to conquer... Be the com- combination without the ice cream truck. That's you know, true. Wasting all that time with an ice cream truck. Just cut right to the chase. Which, by the way, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of these ice cream trucks here in the city. And every time I see one, I, I pause and I, I'm like, oh, Turner. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's such a... Uh, yeah, it really went downhill he's quick. He's getting emotional now. Oh, no. All right. Should we get... Uh, do you want to get to the news? Can you stick sure, around? Sure, yeah. Let's do Oh, news. before we do that, what do you want to plug besides this uh the, the Comedy Central special? You got anything? Oh, yeah, well, besides that and the show at the Lantern tonight. Yes. Uh well, I will be at the Asheville, North Carolina, Asheville Comedy Festival this weekend. If you're able to slip out of the city, come on down. Come on down. Yeah, we follow. have listeners we have, all over the place. Just like the fans who follow you from uh Shanghai to Hong Kong, we have fans who will and we actually, from the Lantern right to North Carolina. We have a ton of Asian listeners. Do you have any dates coming up out in Asia? Uh yeah. I will be back in Hong Kong second half of November, followed by uh Manila and Jakarta and Indonesia. Yeah. And that's all on your website? It will those dates will be up soon. I don't have uh, I just confirmed it, so I don't have the information up online just yet. Okay. Slow down. Wait, everybody. Yeah. It'll be up there soon. <laughs> just keep that uh, that, that browser up. listeners are antsy. <laughs> All right, let's get to the news. Do it. Bring it on. Oh, wait, but before I... Be- may I just plug <laughs> yeah, one more thing? Yeah, please plug. do. Uh, Umar Rana, as you know, who is doing the shows in Pakistan. Yes. Uh, he's he's He approached me with the idea of let's do the... Let's shoot a comedy special in Pakistan. So I we're gonna do that in January. You're gonna really? details to come, but uh, at the Coke Den's house. <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, what dates in January? I believe it's late January. Cause I'm gonna go do. I've been talking with him also, but about doing his Singapore room in around that same. You time. should do nice. the Pakistan. Show. Ooh, you gotta come. Need an opener? Yes. Yeah, I would love to do that. That'd be so awesome. Let's go dude. to the after party. <laughs> Cap, yeah, you're coming out too. We want to do a live pod from China, so maybe we can loop live it all from together. Pakistan will really confuse everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, these the DNA, DNA tests. tests might not let me into Pakistan. <laughs> yeah. If I come back, the, maybe I'll tinker with the Jewish percentages and see if I can get in. Yeah, you can get those down. Yeah, lower them so they'll let you so in. Read for. All right, that's amazing. That's that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the news. In the news comes to us from the Brooklyn paper. This is local news. Is a, the Brooklyn paper, it's very literal. Like It's a paper. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. <laughs> it says, do not vaccinate. A growing national anti-vaccination movement that claims that inoculations can cause autism in children has led Brooklyn pet owners to withhold vaccines <laughs> against deadly and spreadable diseases from their dogs, according to local veterinarians. So don't vaccinate your dogs is what they're telling us in Brooklyn because the dogs might get autism. There's some cre- there's some credence in that. I got my dog a shot for uh, <laughs> Bordetella and he got sick immediately after the shot. What's Bordetella? It's like dog. It's a good Bordetella dog. sounds like uh, what I am after I listen to 
Fill in the I don't know, comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and, and what happened? Be, your dog became autistic. Like, was he like counting cards? And... Yeah, well, autistic yeah. spectrum. He was more. <laughs> My question: What's yeah? What's wrong with a kid? A dog being autistic? Well, no, he be good he got, at Jeopardy. It wasn't autism though. But he got the he couldn't walk for a while. It was it was really bad. Oh, hmm. and you were trying to get him vaccinated. I mean, like. Heal the void, or like avoid what? It's like a, a di- like a dog disease, dog flu. Maybe I'm not sure what it is. Okay, I did. I asked. He wouldn't say. But it's like I used to joke, like because I'm very pro vaccine, and when people would be like, "Oh, when we go to the vet and we give our dog a vaccine," I'd be like, "Oh, we're giving her autism now," just to like, because it's so ridiculous when you think about it that way. But now people have literally, that's how they're thinking. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what they believe. Also, Dr. Stephanie Liff of Clinton Hills Pure Paws Veterinarian Care claims, we've never diagnosed autism in a dog. I don't think you can. <laughs> so there's a, a veterinarian saying it's literally impossible. Wait, because how could you tell? Like if a dog's autistic. I mean, dogs... That's what I'm saying. It's just like really good. It like concentrates really hard. It can... You know, everyone's aren't like autistic kids really good at basketball. <laughs> There's all those no. videos of no, them like shooting people threes. In general, have specialties sometimes of one, something they're obsessed with, they're very interested in. That's what I'm saying. Right, but so do- if your dog just starts bawling like Air Bud, is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> That's the worst thing that can happen. Sign me up. I yeah. mean, my dog's obsessed with like destroying my sneakers, as we talked about on the podcast a lot. Is that you think that's a result of vaccines? I mean. No, I think that if your dog had au- had autism, it would put on your sneakers and go dunk. <laughs> okay, there should be They're a special trying to look word. To blame. Though. I want to sue. You can't just call it dog autism. It, like maybe <laughs> maybe pawtism. Dog. Oh, oh, oh wow. We're gonna get some hate mail this week, I think, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next story. Oh, we're sticking with the animals here. This comes to us from Peta. <laughs> it says why Peta. cheese is the most sexist thing you can eat. I'm sorry. It sounded like you said cheese is the most sexist thing you can eat. That's, That's the what he news. Said. That's what he read. That's what he is reading from this. Can food really be sexist? Yes. When it's the product of imprisonment, rape, <laughs> reproductive <laughs> control, kidnapping, <laughs> oh, and abuse. Coming out swinging. This is all from the PETA website. PETA.org or something. Wait, but that's that's for animals, right? Yeah. Wait, can an animal be raped? Not, I'm not making light of this. But I'm being serious. <laughs> like, isn't all animal sex kind of rape? I think so. There's no consent. It's just sort of like a, like, how could you tell? It's like a dog autism. How can you tell if an animal's raped? There's no, like, I've it'll seen, say y- yes. Yeah, I've seen a lot of dogs <laughs> definitely go up and just rape other dogs. Yeah, how do you know they're the ones not asking for it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't know. If this cow is, you know, well, they're not worried about rape. They're, well, I guess well, they're they worried are worried about rape, but mostly it's they're the saying sexist. female cows are raped, and that's how they get the milk flo- juicing, flowing. Overcomes. Contrary to popular belief, female cows produce milk only when they're pregnant or nursing. Right, of course. Oh, all I animals. I see where they're going now. I see. Right. But so this is, but isn't also? I mean, then where do they? Where do they, where do they stand on like hamburgers? I guess PETA would be against that, too. I'm pretty sure PETA's against (laughs) killing animals. (laughs) Where are they going? But I find that the angle's more that it's just, like, um, uh, sexism. Well, they're doing a clever thing here because cheese is, is, you know, women love cheese. 
Like, that's the number one audience for cheese. Everyone knows that, apparently. Is that oh, right, I mean, Paul? Yo, yeah, that was, <laughs> I love cheese. That was the original title cheese of Sex in the City. Would cheese, <laughs> cheese plates exist if men were like, that's not, well, no man would ever order a cheese plate. Dude, cheese plates are awesome. <laughs> I like cheese plates. I love cheese plates, actually, but I would never order a cheese plate. I wouldn't order one with, like, apples on the side. If you and I were going, that would be a little do. bit gay. If you and I were having a meal right now, we ordered a Very, cheese plate. Yes. Come on. I mean, that exists because the, 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 the it's like a way to tack on money that the, the, the date, the girlfriend, the wife, whatever, was like, let's get a cheese plate. It just yeah, adds on. It's for the table. You it's not order... even the thing. It's not an appetizer. It's not a dessert. It's just anything. It's just yeah. I'm with you. So yeah. So I, so they're trying to say stop that because they're you know they're they're sticking. They're, they're, so they're... this is like women on women of crime. You're saying <laughs> or attacking women. I think the solution women? is because breastfeeding is so in now is to make cheese out of breast milk. Oh, <laughs> that's a good idea. We should start mm. a business. That would be huge in Brooklyn, by the way. But then you're taking work away from the female cows. <laughs> you can't win because it just keeps victims. going like, oh, meat is murder, victims. cheese is rape. Well, you know what? Fuck your salad then. Salad is tree sodomy. How about that? Exactly. You've, got, you've changed me on this subject. I'm done with vegetables. <laughs> What's there left to eat? Dirt? Bugs? I think that's it. Oh. Dirt have feelings too. No wonder why my dog's autistic. It's all she eats. <laughs> what? Dirt. She eats the grass. Last story. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have more thoughts on the pita cheese rape? <laughs> if you put pepper jack in cheese, I'll eat it. Wait, was this pita or like pita, like the the circular round flat bread? Yeah. This <laughs> a piece of bread is writing an art blog now. We should start a pita organization. It's really just the big lot. Yeah, big lobby I, for bread. Big Middle Eastern bread lobby. I think so. Last story. We're gonna go with the last story. Oh, this comes to us from China Smack. We always end on a China story. I love this China Smack. Much better name than Brooklyn Paper. <laughs> yeah, it's like Brooklyn paper is the worst <laughs> name for a paper. <laughs> China smack speaks to me. China smack China talk smack. Last week, a video surfaced online where a man drank uh, one pint of Baijiu, and the soon people beverage of the pod. Official beverage of the pod, and soon people started posting videos of themselves drinking Baijiu. Two pints, three pints, four pints, until one man in Henan. Nanyang drank six pints of Baijiu, the equivalent to three liters in, of hard alcohol. Went viral. It now has become the Baijiu Challenge, which is sweeping China. That seems like a lot of Baijiu. Just to remind me, that's like you sip it. It's not a thing you drink like a... Yeah, Paul, are you familiar with Baijiu? Oh, yeah. I, I would never drink three liters of it. I think it's impossible to drink three liters of it. Have you, have you had it? Yes. Okay, where, did you have it with Jamie Gong in Hong Kong? or where I were had you? it somewhere in China. It was probably with you guys. Probably with us. Yeah. It's the alcohol that they... The clear... It's like a hundred proof alcohol. Check like 50%. out our drinking pod where we drink it. Yeah, we drink it Episode. on the drinking pod, and uh, it's it's hard hard alcohol. So I think if you just sit back and drink a pint of it, you might die. Although now that I think about that, I've seen I've been at dinners with uh, my wife's relatives, like Chinese New Year dinners, where they'll order everyone will get a full glass, like a beer glass, and then they'll sip it throughout the entire dinner. But I think these videos they're um, they're just chugging it. Oh, wow. As a challenge. What? And also, as far as I know, this challenge... Should we challenge... do a challenge? A Baiju challenge? Well, I've been against... I'm on the record being against all of these challenges. Like the... Ice bucket challenge? Ice bucket. <laughs> I mean, I like that it went to charity. That's good. But then all this challenges, I'm against it. But then You're this one... challenges. I might be able to get behind because there's anti -challenge. no... anti-challenge. What? You're anti-challenge. I'm anti-challenge, but then this one has no... There's no kick reward. It's just like you blind. <laughs> That's it. I'm saying I'm not saying the money's going anywhere good or anything. You prefer it that way. It's more you're doing it for the love of the <laughs> Yeah, like for the, the love of the booze. You did the Baiju challenge, you drank three liters. Like, now you got Lou Gehrig's alcohol? disease. Now you gotta do the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> what would be 
your blood alcohol level be after you drank three liters of? I think you- death. <laughs> that would be a good fun. But this is a good way to promote my Bijo debate show. Oh yeah, we did that for the first time here in America. I was just telling you guys off mic about it. We did. How do you um, talk off mic? We have these comedians. They come to the uh, the Lantern. I did it once. We're gonna maybe once every two months. I don't think I can do it once a month because I might die. Because it's a drinking <laughs> show where everyone just drinks Bijo. And then we debate topics. I give them topics. I host it. They debate topics, whatever I throw out, in English and in whatever foreign language they know how to speak. We had two people doing Chinese, one person doing Hindi. So you got to be able to speak a foreign language if you want to be part of this. One guy doing Spanish. But any, like, basic level. Like, this one girl, like, barely knew Hindi, but her motivation to learn a foreign language. I mean, if you can say hola and adios. I I know that Weber's learning French. You might have to get him on there once he can. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. What do you think, Paul? You want to try it out sometime? Do you have yeah. what? Do, what do, you, do you speak any languages besides English? Uh, I took German in college. Okay, how yeah. that? Do you use it? Uh, or do you remember it? I know parts of it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, for example, here's here's the f- handy phrase that I know. Jahrelang hat man die Umweltverschmutzung besonders das Waldsterben in Deutschland diskutiert. What does that mean? For years, man has talked about pollution, especially the death of forests in Germany. That's what they taught you? Yeah, that's the only thing I can argue with in your show. He just started started talking in that. I just got nervous. I got tensed up. If you say that over and over again and with authority, you know, you stand up, you scream it into the mic, you could win. I could probably throw in like a a, I know nothing or a Hogan or some other German that I know. It'd be great if you just did it and you literally, yeah, just keep repeating the same thing. You could sing O Tannenbaum if you remember that one. Yeah. That's all I know. There's a high school in Hawaii that their their school song is to the tune of O Tannenbaum. Really? Yeah, and it's the school where Barack Obama went. Wow. We got to, I don't know. Oh, last question. Speaking of Germany, so have you done Europe stuff with comedy? I've done uh, shows all across Germany. Did a show once in Hitler's favorite Nazi officers club ballroom. Mm, Shout out. (laughs) Yeah. I knew Hitler loved to laugh, so. Yeah. And loved comedy. How Do you know how many countries you've been to? Oh, God. Okay. I'll ballpark and say 45. It could be a, a few more, a few less. Let's just say 44 because it's our 44th episode. There oh, you yeah. Go. In honor of your podcast, yes. 44th episode. In honor of Jim Brown. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's our episode. Paul, thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me. There you go. Look at that. Kaplan. You're welcome. What should we do? Get lost. Let's get lost. I lit up from Reno. I was trailed by 20 hounds. Didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. Sit out, run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight. Just might get some sleep tonight. Ran into the devil, baby, lonely 20 bills. Spent the night in Utah in a cave up in the hills Set out running but I take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine I get home before daylight Just might get some sleep tonight I ran down to the levee but the devil caught me there Took my twenty dollar bill and it vanished in the air I'm running, but take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine I get home before daylight Just might get some sleep tonight Got two reasons why I cry awake lonely night The first one's named Sweet Anne Marie And she's my heart's delight 
second one is prison bait and the sheriff's on my trail and if he catches up with me i'll spend my life in jail got a wife in chino baby and one in cherokee first one say she got my child but it don't look like me Set out running, but I take my time. A friend, the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight, just might get some sleep tonight. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.